you if you step back in investing or being successful in business, um, most people are searching for the the result. That's right. Without searching for the the source or the catalyst of success. Yeah. And if you aren't providing value in whatever you're doing, yeah. whether that's you know as a as a as a husband or as a father, yeah. or you know as a business owner, yeah. Um, then you're not there's nothing there to grow then that's right you're you're a leech on society i mean for lack i don't totally so 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 direct about it but and so value creation is a huge part of it i mean even in for my property management company these are things i tell my team we're not doing any good to our owners unless we are providing value to them This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. I am in the studio with one of my favorite individuals, Dennis. Man, thank you so much for being here in Denver. Thank you so much for just how much energy you bring. We we had a, a like a private group that we're like training, and I know how your brain thinks. I know that you have more than one question always. And I'm like, if we could have him in Denver, I think it would just add a ton and it has been nothing but incredible having you be a part of our group. So thank you. I know that you've had an incredible journey in how you think about money, how you think about real estate, just how you think about you as your number one asset. Just quick story. We got connected, I think, through YouTube. Uh, and you, you got connected, reached out to me. I don't think you knew how young I was at the time. Maybe you did because you saw the video. But we we had a great dialogue and... I knew no matter what, if you worked with us or not, I just enjoy every time I get to speak to you because you're so genuine, but you get it. And so with that, the bar's set, my friend. No pressure, no <laughs> yeah, pressure. No pressure. Um, so the reason why we're doing this is we're, we're here, we literally, nope, he had no time to prep, okay? So I wanna give everyone some context. We we're just meeting as a team and apparently you were on a roll. Everyone was freaking out, they were like, this guy is is on fire right now. He's he's dropping value bombs all over the place. And so they're like, just get him in the studio. If uh, you're not seeing this, then obviously this interview wasn't that great. But if they are, that means you have something to give. <laughs> so with that- Once again, no pressure. <laughs> with that, why don't you share a little bit, anything I missed, and, and just give a little bit of context on who they're listening to. Okay. And then let's get into some money philosophy. And, and it's going to be a blast because we could literally talk about anything. And I know it'd be fun. I'm sure it will be. Uh, so, uh, background is in real estate. Um, have a property management company. Uh, my own real estate uh, portfolio. Um, gotten into real estate development and some other some other pieces. Um, you know, always looking for something new. Trying to yep. see if there's a new way of doing something, a new opportunity to leverage a new idea. Um, you know, leverage or real estate has been around for a long time. Yeah and people kind of just get used to the same old, same old, and that's not how I like to approach things. Um, really systems oriented in my businesses, and yep. so I want things to not fall through the cracks, I want things to be handled correctly. Um, but realizing that just owning a property management company or owning yep. rentals was not everything. Yep. There, was, there was more to it. Um, just trying to find what those pieces are to kind of fit together yep. and have it be a cohesive, strategy or approach to not just accumulating wealth, but building a lifestyle, defining, deciding what that lifestyle, what I want it to be, yeah. getting to that point, and then being able to give back 
um, whether that's, you know, via mentoring or, you know, through charitable donation or things like that, but finding more in life than just accumulating. Yeah, I love that. And I think real estate's one of those, like, sometimes I cringe because there's a lot of people out there that are, I mean, we, we talk, we're not going to drop any names here, but there's a lot of people that are making a lot of money teaching people about real estate. And when you look at it as an asset, when you look at it from cash flow, it can be incredible. Absolutely. And there are a lot of people that are getting into real estate that don't know a thing about it. And we Absolutely. see a lot of people worse off because they're chasing something that they, they don't really understand. Mm-hmm. What about real estate? Because I'll say this without giving any information up. You're a very successful real estate investor. You you have something by owning real estate. You're able to better show up as a dad, as a father, as an entrepreneur. You're better. You're you're better. You you can show up more powerfully at church. You can do other things in your community because of real estate. And you're someone that makes me want to do real estate because I see that it's it's not like passive, meaning like you don't do anything, but right. you, you do pretty well. Yeah, it's. It- it's real estate is not for everyone. It is, you know, people use the term passive income. Um, I, I don't know that it's really passive, but if you have the right team or the right partners, because yeah. you can hire out property management, you don't have to own your own property management company, you know, you can be successful. You can, uh, you can manage, mitigate those risks. Yep. You can, uh, you know, leverage yep. funds, maximize your investment and things like that. I think the biggest thing with real estate, people get into it because it's the, it's got high returns or it's tax advantaged yep. with depreciation or things of that nature. But in the end of the at the end of the day, you have to be providing something. That's right. In order to feel like you're really not taking advantage of That's society, right. and you're in, at least for me because I do residential real estate, I provide homes for people. Yeah. Now, you know, my mortgages get paid off and yep. other things benefit me, but. I have nice homes. I don't. Yep. I don't have garbage, and so I. I feel really good about being able to provide those, while actively investing. Right. So, what's your real estate philosophy? Before we just jump into money philosophy, I want to sure. get a ca- recap on what you thought day one was like. But overall, if we take a step back and someone was to come with to you with a notebook and saying, "How do you do what you do, and what can I learn from your success?" How would you? How would you? Sh- what would you share with them? So I think the things that's most the things that are most important to me is recognizing the fact that you make your money when you purchase something. Yep. Um, you can't rush into real estate just because it's the best. Yep. Not every deal is the best. Some deals will never be good. Yep. And so having a having some criteria as to what you're looking to accomplish, and then holding yourself accountable to those. Um, you know, a lot of people like, oh well it's a good deal. I'm going to buy it. Real estate's going up and you can buy that way. And in 20 years, you'll look like a genius, yeah. but it's going to be hard for it to, to build quickly. If you're not buying well, if you're not able to purchase things at, at a, at a lower value or, or increase some value through some change of use or something yeah. like that. And so I'm really all about finding the deals that, that make sense. And, you know, I think with real estate, there's two sustainable models you have nice properties you maintain well and you expect your residents to be qualified or you have not nice properties yep. that you're trying to take advantage of a certain economic class got it and you know take advantage of now both of those are sustainable and you make a lot of money but right. you can't mix those concepts you have to keep them very separate and so i definitely err on the side of having you know nice units well maintained units can i play devil's advocate sure what if what if what what about the people that are serving the 
other the people that can't afford a nice place? What's yes. the solution? Is it just a nice place relative to how much you can pay? Mm, that's a good question. Um, what tends to happen is that people that aren't qualified, that maybe have you know financial stresses in their life, or just generally maybe make poor financial decisions, yep. are actually usually willing to pay premiums because they know they're not qualified. And unfortunately, landlords or real estate investors kind of uh, they 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 try to prey on that. Yeah. And totally. so yep. and so it's you can I mean you yep. can you can offer something that's cheaper and people that aren't as um, well qualified, but it's just a challenge. Yep. Um, really, in that way, it, you know, charity or um, you know assistance is probably the better way for to not be in a situation where you're being taken advantage by a, right. a landlord that's you know operating okay. in that fashion. So so day one, one of the reasons why you're in the room with us is I you ask a ton of questions. You ask a ton of questions, and your mind works actually very much like mine. Uh, if you notice, the people that asked the most questions today were you and me, and it's That's because true. we we very much like we understand money, but we ask and we learn through the process of asking and seeing how we come to conclusions. So we talked about a lot of things. We talked about cash flow. We talked about the cash flow model. We looked at LIP. We talked about tax deferred versus you know tax free. I mean, we talked about a ton. What were some of the big concepts? And I'm, I guess I want to let you kind of share not just a recap of what we learned, but some of the things that are rolling around in your head as, we, as we're as we talking right now. I think most people in, and I'm we're going to spread outside of real estate now and yep. talk investment and finances in general. I think most people think about rate of return. Yep. You know, they think about how much is my is my account balance going to grow? And uh, I think one of the things that we're, I've been thinking a lot about recently, but was was really hit home today, was there's other things that are more important. Yeah. You know, when you talk about, um, you know, you know the the fear of inflation or the cost of taxes. Yeah. Or you know, lost opportunity cost. I yeah. think is one of the the bigger issues that people don't take into consideration when they talk about making investments and yeah. being able to have that conversation. And being able to to not necessarily monetize it, but quantify it totally, so that you totally. can actually look at it and see it. That's yep. a big deal. Yeah. So loss opportunity cost is very interesting because what we're essentially measuring is all all the other things that factor into a decision. So opportunity cost for me makes like I just I think what Dave said is it's it's the it's the consequences of making a decision. So for instance. By you being in the studio with me, you're not able to do other things. You're not able to eat. You're not able to be with your family. You're not able to do all these other things. That There's a cost by you being here with me. By you spending money on something, there's a cost there. And so what's, what's interesting is very few people, I, I don't want to say nobody, very few people are teaching, when they're teaching people about money, they're lacking opportunity costs. They're lacking the saying like, what is the actual cost that this is going to do for your long-term future? And I like to look at opportunity cost as looking at today. Like, mm -hmm. what is this actually going to cost you in the next year? And we, we, we did examples like how you buy a house. We looked at like buying a used car versus a new car. There's no right answer, but it, but you look out over 30 years, the difference of buying a new car and a used car once could be like three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars over your lifetime on that one decision, that uh, that three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars of money is a, is an example of lost opportunity cost. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
from my perspective, so my academic degree is in finance. Yep. Um, you would think that in the years that I spent, you know, studying that that degree or for that degree, that opportunity cost would have been something that was discussed. Right. But really, it was all about time value of money and like yep. a balance of an you know an investment account or you know of your or for your company's you know investments. And the fact is, is there's a whole nother component with opportunity costs that yep. time value money affects. Yep. And so it, it multiplies, I wouldn't say exponentially, but definitely geometrically yep. over time. It's not just a linear cost that is minimal. It's very right. extreme. It's, it's very extreme. And it, every year that goes by, it, it gets, it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. What are the, what are the things about, you know, today we're, we're big. I, I know for me, it's like the difference between cash flow. And every but everything else, like the industry is teaching us, we need to focus on rate of return. And don't get me wrong, rate of return matters. It does, yep. but it, it's it's crazy when you look at certain things from cash flow paradigm versus the rate of return paradigm. And everyone's measuring rate of return, Dennis, but very few people are actually measuring the cash flow. And I want to start. I want to start changing the conversation around. We do certain things for today and the future cash flow, and measure it with that metric versus just rate of return. Yeah, I mean, and for most people, it, I mean, I say most investors, or like I should say, for me personally, it's been a real challenge because to that's how you're trained, either academically or even just learning through other mentors or other right. investors that you're looking for that rate of return. And while that's important and it does help grow the overall assets that you have yeah. in your different buckets, um, it's it, it isn't what really matters. You can't spend equity. That's you know, right. Something we were talking about today. Yep. You can't spend, um, you know, you can't spend your time, you know, and so if you, yeah. if you, if you're only focusing on rate of return and not your life, how you choose to use your time or, you know, having the, the ability with cash flow to live the life that you want to live, you know, live intentionally. I mean, that's right. a big, better wealth yeah. component. Um, it just, it, it's, it's not as, it's not as fruitful. It's not right. as enjoyable of right. a process. When we had another person in the room and I was talking to him because he's still in college and I'm just number one impressed that he was even in the room. We were talking about different abilities and how he's going to make money. And I just, I just laid out something really simply and I want you to comment to this. I said, you got to figure out a way to provide value to the marketplace, but you then have to be able to communicate that value. So many people think they're valuable. You probably are, but the the but capitalism, i.e., the marketplace, is is a place that pretty much highlights value, value mm-hmm. creation. Where does that the idea of value, value creation? How does that impact what we've learned about money? Because I think it goes, I think it goes very close. And I think a lot of times we get so like we read a book and say, oh, the solution is X, Y, or Z, and we and we forget the basics. Yeah, I think you if you step back in investing or being successful in business um most people are searching for the the result that's right without searching for the the source or the catalyst of success and if you aren't providing value in whatever you're doing whether that's you know as a as a as a husband or as a father or you know as a business owner yeah um then you're not there's nothing there to grow then that's right you're you're a leech on society i mean for lack i don't totally so 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 direct about it but and so value creation is a huge part of it i mean even in for my property management company these are things i tell my team we're not doing any good to our owners unless we are providing value to them 
you know, we only want to, we only want to be successful when they're being successful. That's right. And so uh, being able to wrap your head around that and actually apply it to your business yeah. or to your investments is, is just a different approach. Yeah. It's not the way most people look at I, it. But it's very important. If they think about it from a real estate perspective, you said this without even saying it early on, you, you would not be in business. You wouldn't have wealth if your properties were not creating value. Correct. What's interesting is properties can create value ongoing and it's just that you we could have a whole discussion around properties, cash flow creating value versus just a p equity in on a piece of paper like mm -hmm. you know you could make that argument or you could have an interesting discussion. What I what I want to do is I want to ask you about life insurance because I know that you've you've asked a ton of questions. You that's originally what brought you into our world and you have some interesting perspectives about that. And then I also want to just put on your radar, is there anything else after that we can talk about from the day or what's on your brain? This is, this is a, I want to give you the platform to say like, let's communicate. We, this could be an hour long if it needs to be. Um, but yeah, talk to me about that because I know that, that you had a lot of questions and, and you still might. And I, I, I think you have an interesting perspective being a real estate investor. Yeah. Um, well, when you, when you are going through, you know, all the opportunities for investments or places to put your capital. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear a lot out there in, in the media, you know, oh, it's only by term life insurance, which yep. I, you know, cheap and, yep. and is a, is a good tool. Don't ever buy anything else. You know, it's, it's fee fee ridden. It, it doesn't do what you're trying to accomplish. And that's why I was programmed. That was, I, I was yep. modeling that, you know? Um, but as we got to, as we evolved from, you know, recovery from the great recession, Right. And all of a sudden, uh, asset prices started being on the high side. I'm right. not, I'm not saying I'm not calling a, a peak to a, to the market or right. anything, but as they got higher, the purchase, if I say you've got to buy it well, yep. when you buy it, that's how you make money in real estate. Um, yep. if the prices are going up, then the opportunities aren't there. And so I ran into a situation where no longer could I just easily find the properties at the yep. deals I was looking for. And I didn't want to just give up. And interest rates are high, you know, super low. Yep. And so I don't, I didn't want to pay off debt, yep. but real estate spins off cash flow. Right. And I need to do some of that cash flow, but I wanted to stay liquid. So yep. if we did see a correction that's or right. a recession, I wanted to be able to take advantage of that. Totally. And I know that seems terrible, but that's, it's opportunity. Totally. And, um, and how do I, how do I stay liquid without being at risk of inflation? Yeah. You know, if you, if you hold fiat currency or cash equivalents, whatever that is, you're at that risk. And I, based on some of the government spending, even before the pandemic, yeah. I was concerned yeah. about that. Yeah. And so I was out in search of, of an option, you know, yep. of a plan for that. And, uh, through the connections through YouTube and other yep. things, we, we came together and it was not an easy sell for me. No. Um, it is not something where you can say, well, here's your rate of return because, yeah. because whole life, accomplishes a lot of different things. You, yeah. you describe it much better than I yeah. do, but it, it, it accomplishes so many different things. And you have to know all the things it accomplishes and decide what those values are to you, what That's the right. result is worth to you, yeah. and then then enact on it. For me personally, and I'm not saying this is for everyone, I was looking for a liquidity storage yep. component. That yep. was actually the most important part. Then, you know, cash flow and tax-free growth. Yeah. And actually the death benefit was less of my yeah, totally. interest. Um, now you have to have it in order to have a plan and to not right. neck it and you know run into those situations. But um, I'm excited about 
the legacy that I can leave totally. with it. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm accomplishing what I want to do um, in two facets, and then I'm getting the death benefit and and if managed properly, a legacy that I can totally. leave. Because um, I'm not a person who wants to leave a lot of money yeah. to my children, <laughs> yeah. but I want to leave a, I want to leave it better than I, right. I came to it. Uh, it's it's interesting. You said something that I'm wanting to work with Dave uh, on is how to actually measure what an and asset would be worth to you. So we look at like internal rate of return. You have internal rate of return of death benefit and all that stuff. That mm -hmm. that's like something that you can measure and it compare to everything else like investments. But it's not an investment. And right. so what's what's interesting, and this is something that does not exist, but we're in the process of making, is how do you go through a process? How do you go through a calculator and input certain things like what's the value of control? What's the val like what's the value of it growing tax free? Because maybe we we just covered tax deferred is a good thing if taxes are lower. Now, yes. for some people, they that's going to be their reality. And I think if we're all looking to the future and we want to be a good stewards, you could have a lot of good questions and a lot of good theories about taxes going up. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's there's so many quote unquote assumptions. There's so many factors. And depending on how you answer certain things, you're you may want to put your money like the and asset may or may not be be a, a good thing. And it may be a lot more beneficial than than for some people. So I'm glad you mentioned that because. One, one thing that I'm trying to change is I think when I first got started, I'm like, this will save America. It won't because it really, it, it's a foundational it, asset. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's a single component yeah. to an overall financial structure you have to have to be totally intentional yep. about your life financially, but yep. also in, in how you live it. And it's, it's just a single piece. I, honestly, the, I, the thing I'm most excited about with Better Wealth is not what brought me to you originally, and that is your more holistic approach that yeah. you guys are developing. I'm very excited to see, you know, you know, focus on the equity side to give people options yeah. to reduce those fees, you know, to be able to give them uh, better access to the coaches, yeah. you know, not, not in a fluff type approach, totally. you know, where it's just, Hey, I'm, I'm available. You let me know if you have questions, but really to take you through these models and say, yeah. force you to think a lot of people are so busy, whether it's business owners or, you know, um, uh, people that are, you know, employed and, and have income to save or right. investors, they're busy living their lives, totally. doing what they know how to do. Right. You voice that about me, I, yeah. I, but I needed to have that, that touchstone totally. to come back and say, okay, what is that holistic approach? What are all the different pieces that I need to decide what the proper balance is to accomplish what I want? Yeah. But that's something Better Wealth is accomplishing now, and that's really exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you see that because we're trying really hard to have that dialogue to have like even the fact that we can model things and that we're making investments into mm -hmm. having that dialogue I think is really important. Anything else when we take a step back about how you're thinking about money, how you're thinking about a model, like I want to just give you kind of a platform to share. Dennis is one of those guys that I can learn from. I to just take a step back and be like the way that you ask questions the way that you articulate things, I just, I just, I, I find that we think a lot. I think we think similarly on a lot of things. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. Um, I think we, you and I both, don't just want the top layer. Right. We want to peel it back two or three layers and really understand what is it doing. Totally. Because oftentimes we get sold products yeah. or we get sold an idea no clue what it's about. And, yeah. you know, that's just 80% of the people that are out there. But 
you know, we like to ask the questions to get a little deeper, but what I love about it is you ask those questions, you understand it, and then you can be that support for the people who don't want to ask the questions. For me, I would have to say that the most exciting part, and this is an evolution for me, not just of today yep. or, um, you know, this trip, but more recently in my thoughts about investments is just the idea of the value of cash flow, you know, not, not a net worth balance yep. being the important thing or not your unit count if you're a real estate investor, um, you know, but really your control on your time and on cash flow because cash flow, what allows you to spend, mm -hmm. to invest further, to give, and to just be, you know, a, adding value to society. Yep. And so you've always told me, or I shouldn't say always, but in our relationship and in, in the time we've known each other, you know, you talk, Dennis, you have to think rate of result, yeah. not rate of return. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've totally. had this conversation, yeah. right? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Now, this is a year and a half ago. Yeah. I don't know what that means, yeah. Caleb. <laughs> I'm sure half the people <laughs> never know what I mean by what I say that. I'm, <laughs> but I will say 18 months after the fact, yeah. well, I'm not quite two years, yeah. but it's coming up on two years. Um, I get it now. Yeah. It is the rate, it, it's, what you, it's what you're able to accomplish. Yes. What you're able to structure to have it work for you. And uh, it is more than just the balance. Totally. It's the cash flow that, is, is, that it's generating. It is the control of your yeah. assets when you need them. Um, all of those different pieces. And so you used to always talk about rate of result, but now you're actually showing me modeling. Yeah. Yeah. You're showing me visually and numerically how to represent that and how to yeah. understand it and how to uh, value it yeah. and appreciate it. Yeah. And so that's the probably the thing I'm most excited about with your working with Dave and yeah. the presentation we had today and what we're gonna talk about tomorrow is being able to see it visually and numerically. Anytime yeah. it's in an Excel form, I do better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's exciting because yeah. it, it, that's really what matters. Yep, I think a couple of things that I wanna say. Number one, models and math don't mean a ton if it if we don't have context of what we're trying to accomplish and i think the the mindset that we've i mean we've been consistent almost from day one like do certain things to get a certain result i know it sounds obvious but it just kind of clicked recently and it's it is so true and it's like if people can grasp that like why are you doing this whole money thing why are you getting up and going to work why are you doing certain things think about that and actually ask why a couple times and it will become more clear so that's that's number one. And then the other thing I want to highlight is on cash flow. You said that everything gets better with cash flow. I would even say the people that are investing money, if you're investing in your 401k, IRA, if you buy into the growing your assets, you're doing that for cash flow. You're doing that for a future cash flow, yes. either in retirement or future cash flow for your leg like your legacy. Right. So it's a form of future cash flow. And when I that kind of clicked for me, it's like everything that we do, everything that we do. Is cash flow today and in the future. And if we start thinking about that and start measuring that from that metric, I think it makes sense because cash flow is very much of what makes the world go round. Right. And you may not like that, but if you don't have cash flow, you will not be able to operate business and you'll you'll hurt. You could have a billion dollar net worth, but if you don't have any cash flow coming in, right. I, mean, I don't you, know what to you tell look you. At, you look at people and I obviously land is people say land's a great place to invest because it's yep. it's a finite resource yep. right but think about it would you rather would you rather own a million dollars worth of bare land 10 miles from the nearest town now it's it's worth a million dollars so that's yep. great or a million dollars of and i'll use my example you know single family homes that you're renting right. to people you know what is is more risky right 
and it just it's it's easier to operate when it's generating cash flow. Well, it's, what's interesting is a million dollars of land producing zero cash flow. Let's just say, and, and a dr drag because of property taxes. Totally, yeah, Oper lost opportunity cost as well because that million dollars is tied up into something that's not really producing. Right. Um, and then you have a million dollars in property, but let's say you're getting a hundred thousand dollars of cash flow. Net worth is the same. I hope that I hope I that mean, registers. Extreme, yeah. extreme examples yeah, are always people are like, well, that's hokey, but that's exactly what you're dealing with. You yeah. have to realize what you're up against, and it makes a lot of sense. I I think the other thing with cash flow is, it, it's not just well. I'm going to spin this a little bit. It's not just about money as it relates to cash flow. Well, let, let's step back a little bit to our discussion about value. Yeah. Um, you know, cash flow is an opportunity when you have it to decide how you want to live your life, what you right. want to do with your time, do with your knowledge, do with your legacy. Um, you know, I've been being able to focus on cash flow and getting to that point where my goal, you know, I've mm -hmm. been very, very blessed where I can, I can worry about, oh, well, when is enough enough? Yeah. You know, what, what do I need to live? I, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't spend a lot of money, yeah. but it's nice to know you have enough for what you like to do. And once you have that, you can focus on giving back. And sure. one of the things I was excited to see when, I don't, I don't know that gentleman you were talking to, the college student or whatever, yeah. but it's that kind of, he will be different because of his experience with you. Right. I, I do that personally. I love to find someone who is going to college, an opportunity to open their eyes yep. beyond just the academic world or the employer-employee yep. relationship world and say, there's more for you. I can help you learn about it. Now, yep. You may not choose to step down that path, yep. but you will be better off understanding how the world works. Yep. And that seems a little bit like I, I have it figured out. I'm not saying I have it figured out. I'm just saying right. I've experienced enough that I can help people gain some perspective. Yep. And mentoring people and, and sharing is is another form for me of kind of social cash flow, yep. where you're giving, it's flowing. It's I velocity like it. of, of social yep. cash flow. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. Someone comes, sits down with you and says, teach me money 101. If you, if you had to do it all over again, what, how would you start thinking through the process of how to become wealthy and become financially free? What would that process of money 101 be and how would you teach it? I think you have to start at fundamentals. Yeah. So it wouldn't start at all with what the best investment is. Totally. I, I think it would start with what interests you Yep. Now, you can't just do what's fun if you really want to, but what interests you, what creates value, and where can you be compensated for participating in that exercise yep. or in that industry, whatever it is. Yep. And then it has to come to what, what decisions are you going to make to invest and start growing your assets? I still believe, I, I have someone I'm mentoring right now, and he's just an employee for me, you know, he's going to school. He's still got, you know, two years left, no. but he just bought his first, oh, oh, sorry, apartment, his first duplex. Cool. He's living in the basement, living upstairs. Cool. I still think, you know, getting in and purchasing your own piece of real estate and starting young yeah. because leverage and time is on your side. Yeah. Now still take advantage of all of the things. It's not just real estate. It's got to be a whole approach, but these are the places where you can get started. Interest, desire, passion with value, value creation. And then saying, okay, now I have something. What can I leverage to to increase my assets? Yep. To start generating cash flow. What's your thoughts on debt? I know we 
I know we share kind of the same philosophy. Dave said something interesting today. He said being in debt versus using debt. Any thoughts? Um, This is like, I don't ever want to question other people who instruct or share ideas for for others. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of gurus out there. Right. And there's a lot of people that, that have it figured out yeah. or have a strategy that, that, you know, if you just implement this one strategy, everything's fixed. I don't, it's more holistic than that. So totally. I definitely disagree with those kind of general approaches, but you can't just, you can't just get into debt. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's wrong with most of our uh, financial right. awareness. You have to be able to know when it makes sense to use leverage. Yeah. I specifically try to use the term leverage I do too, rather yeah. than debt because the connotation associated yep. with debt. You know, any of those consumer debts, they're just not good. They're yep. bogus. It's a waste. Yep. Um, but there is leverage on certain assets that can be very, very lucrative. I was I was making this comment. If I would have used that certain approach where you don't buy anything or you, everything you purchase needs to be done with cash, I would be a fraction of where I'm at right now. Leverage has been very successful for me to 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 accumulate wealth or cash flow. Yep. And um, I wouldn't have any other way. Um, but you have to do it, you know, correctly. Yep. Cautiously. All right. So you know how I end these things. Anything you want me to? Anything you want to say before I ask you the final question? I don't remember what the final question is. So I'm all <laughs> nervous now. Um, I don't think so. I uh, I'm just really excited to be part of a team. Now I'm not, yep. a, I'm not a, a team member in the sense of, yep. you know, working with you daily, but I, I, I feel like you partner with your clients. Yeah. You try that, to. That you, yep. that, that we're in this together yep. and you know, we have, we have a financial relationship, but we right. also have a friendship, totally. a trust. And for me, that's so important. We don't have that in this world. Yep. Um, you know, that's been lost in the financial industry. And so that kind of trust where you can work together and mutually benefit each other and support other people who are trying to get it figured out or understand it, um, that's really important. And that yeah. that's, I appreciate that. And maybe yeah. less about the finance side, yeah. but just as a you know, human, yeah. as a friend. And, and it's not even an Excel, Excel no. uh, sheet. Look at you pulling me out of my shell. It happens all the time. Um, all right, so final question is the legacy question. And the legacy question goes like this. This is your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most. I know that you're a proud dad and love your wife and have an incredible team. And you can't give them anything. You can't give them real estate. You can't give them a book. You can't even give them anything in writing, but you can give them a final conversation. What are you going to make sure to cover in that last conversation? Well, I'm sure it would be with those people involved that are important to me. It would be very heartfelt. Yeah. Um, that's a, a hard one. I'm a, while well, a lot of people think that I'm relatively kind and friendly, I, I know so. I can be pretty hard, hard nosed right. and uh, demanding of my team, of my family. So it'd probably be uh, uh, some apologies for that, to be honest. Um, but I think it would just be to remember to, you know, be kind, try to help others. Yeah. I know we've said this before, but provide value. Yeah. If you are providing value, people will want to be around you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure if my two boys are going to want to really be in real estate. You know, it's, it seems so normal to them. They probably right. think it's lame. Um, 
but I want them to, whatever they do, to do it with intentionality. Yep. You know, to, 100%. to, to try to do what, what interests them and what helps other people and provides value. Yeah. And I think I would just repeat that again. I know, it, yep. I know it's, it, it, you know, we talk about it a lot. Yep. But it's really become important to me. Yep. Uh, one, one question you could ask yourself are you providing value is are people better off having you in their life are you when you walk into a room when you walk into a business relationship when you do a transaction are you giving more than you're taking and if if the answer is yes you're you're providing value and if the answer is no and you're being honest with yourself that's one of the most important questions and one of the best self-awareness areas that you can give because there's time and it's like what's the point so Dennis, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you as a friend. I'm so glad that you're here. I appreciate you showing up authentically. And um, yeah, I'm excited for what what we're what we're building. I cannot wait for us to all get together at a Better Wealth event because there's hundreds of people that share the same philosophy that are part of the Better Wealth family, and it's a it, it gives me a lot of joy. And and you are the reason why we do what we do. And so thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening and watching. We appreciate you. And I hope this was an encouragement. And the reason I have people and and clients and other thought leaders on this show is I want to challenge the way that people think. But I also know that everyone communicates a little bit different. And so with that, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.